0: Hello, welcome to Squarebased, the Warhammer fantasy-based podcast around the upcoming old world game oh, yeah. from Games Workshop. In this episode, me Rob, your host, with my co-host Val Heffelfinger, we'll talk about the upcoming launch box and if all the models are a hundred years old.
1: <laughs> Stay, tuned, Stay tuned. out.
0: Stay tuned. Not, not bad. I really appreciate you adding the
1: the audio mm. in. Um, Okay, know, go on. I can't help but produce. You know,
0: can't help it. It's in your the bones. Goods. It's in your bones. It's, it's,
1: it's in there, along with probably some bad things. But uh, yeah, great Old to world. see. You. We're back. The Square Base. Square S- Bast. Square Let's Bast go. Podcast. Yes. Uh,
0: quickly becoming some people's favorite YouTube show getting a lot of positive comments on the last show a lot of people being like love this show love that crazy american any uh anything you anything you want to address <laughs> around that subject
1: ah eh, whatever what? i'm from canada come on come although on. come on I, but you'll you'll find that most like 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 a good sizable percentage of american like news readers are canadian for some reason so i don't know maybe we have a we have, we we tend to dominate media. Maybe we're just we're just affable, is, neutrally uh, accented people.
0: Is Taylor Swift um,
1: uh,
0: Canadian? I don't think so.
1: No, but she's ending her world tour in Toronto, baby.
0: Oh, you're a Swiftie? Is this is this, is this something I don't no, know about just, you? It's the
1: talk of the town. She's doing like six shows or some nonsense in our in our big old Sky Dome. And I and it's the last stop. I don't know if it was just she's like, oh shit We have to go to Toronto and she added it But yeah, it's the last stop of the tour and it's like it's like 300 and something thousand tickets over the course of the Thing I was blown away.
0: Wow. Yeah, she's 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 a phenomenon. Um, I was gonna say uh, Welcome back everyone. Uh, Obviously last time we recorded was the reveal show and gangster paradise in the chat (laughs) quite quite rightly pointing out he was like I was terrified that um, the, it might have destroyed Val's enthusiasm. A lot of the comments on that show also were, I loved that show, just to watch that man's heart break, which is, if you're listening out there, you're evil. So that's, you're a cruel... I don't group. think
1: they're, I, like, one of my favorite episodes ever of The Simpsons is the Valentine's Day episode, and I know you're not a big Simpsons guy, but in which Bart Simpson gets out the VHS remote and freeze frames it where Lisa breaks Ralph Wiggum's heart. <laughs> I use that gif a lot that week. Um... <laughs> Also, also, I, 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 I nostradamus myself by saying that tune in to see me uh, have my heart broken. And then subsequently immediately forgot, again, uh, uh, GW is my bad boyfriend, uh, immediately forgot everything that I knew to be true and allowed myself to get uncomfortably excited for what was the most uh anticlimactic reveal perhaps of all time
0: so can we talk about that in post like so i'm excited to see what the journey you've been on since and the other reactions uh as it's happened and just to keep everyone updated who do- doesn't know the last reveal we did a reveal like react show as games workshop announced a reveal uh, although apparently there's one coming in october but more on that later warhammer um, day warhammer day um and you, uh, and, I, and they only showcased, They did talk about the old world, and we thought it was going to finally be the rule books or the launch boxes or whatever that is. Uh,
1: or and something it turned, big. Yeah, you know, like maybe, maybe a little video or something.
0: Mm-hmm. And then they released Elsa from Frozen on a horse.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just the most milquetoast model. Just like a delightful in porcelain collector's plate mm. uh, of a model. Uh, you know, people were very I was shocked, actually, at how much people liked it um i mean it's it's fine it's like it's a t- perfectly cromulent, uh miniature uh but uh yeah like it was not it was not like woo! let's let's play this game you know it wasn't uh it wasn't space marines you know come on it,
0: it wasn't uh, i mean those space marines were it wasn't so trog,
1: trog trog trog, Truc? trog 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 it was a truck, uh, truck,
0: truck, truck, truck. Unfortunately, Trug and Big Pig Which you were a part of, just to kind of keep you updated I don't know if you've been keeping yeah. up to date uh, Go ahead. They, It turns out they've invented A new, because we're getting towards the end of Age of Sigmar 3 uh, Just, uh. They've just invented a new style Of army, where it's, uh, it's Basically detachments from 40k gone
1: um, Oh, so they can only come in with certain models
0: Yeah, yeah, but much more restrictive And also the power level of them Is very bad with the exception of one which is completely overpowered so uh, sounds,
1: sounds like uh yeah sounds like how they do it
0: yeah so um uh, so then the the hype has been very diminished because everyone was like yeah and it's like only in this and also with this and it doesn't really work and everyone's like oh no not <laughs> like that so I want you to know, there's also been Jenny, but yeah. So uh, the fallout, the old world community how have they felt about it? Um, what's yeah. been the situation? Because this is this is your bread and butter.
1: Yeah, old, like old world community actually was. Uh, well, it's filled with naysayers, so I feel like the the more they're negged and 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 the more that they are um, sort of edged along, uh, the the better they respond. Oh really? Um, so so actually, I found that the old world's uh, were actually widely positive. Uh, people who were expecting anything were the actual were the, were the people who had the bad takes. So me, especially, um, and or uh, hopeful for anything. So like, yeah, as long as you hope for nothing, uh, you're you're gonna fit right in. Um, so, so there's still community? a lot of people. There's still a fair. Nihilists. Oh, one hundred percent. Well, I mean, they literally blew up the the world. So like, what 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 is there? You know, you know That's what I mean. That's true. That's true. I mean got to be going to be a little, little nihilistic. Um, oh, crap. Um, but um, so, yeah, so I, I was I was taken aback by the general level of positivity, uh, especially in the in the old world um, uh, Facebook group, which I've enjoyed plugging around in these days. Um, and then, um, yeah, just the thing is, is that like there's so little to go off of that, like a lot of the conversations just Evolve into shut up you don't know anything you don't know anything i mean the biggest thing we've had recently was chapter master ball Rock, uh coming on and uh and telling us there was uh, some some boxes coming out and that the 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 dates got moved I, I i assume that's where you get your information is uh is chapter master Balrock as
0: well you got a blue tick on twitter so i blocked him um so uh, shocker. shocker shocker i'm afraid uh no offense i'm sure he's a lovely person but not for me are you sure I actually have no idea. I, don't I have know. no idea. Sure i feel lovely. I
1: feel like I feel like he's been disparaged on this channel a few times. So it was a safe. It was a no safe. No way!
0: No way! No way! Doesn't wouldn't well, probably be not since
1: Spice Center anyway. Um, so yeah, so that that came out, and uh, he was talking pretty pretty uh, pretty intensely about uh, some some uh, r- rumors he was hearing. Uh, what uh, what what were they Rob? Yeah, I mean, they're very similar to ones you've been saying for about a month before that. So, uh, oh, are, but, we gonna uh, di- are
0: we gonna dive straight in there? I thought we might, b- before we go, we could t- we could talk about the main subject straight away. I thought I would check with. Her. Oh, okay.
1: Uh, oh, okay. Well, so so outside of that, so yeah, I I mean, I really was I was really hopeful. I was hoping for something more substantial. We didn't get it. It's okay. All in time, and I doubled back down onto. Uh, Warhammer Fantasy Battles 8th edition, my personal favorite edition, um, and uh, have been... Uh, I played a game with, with Vampire... I played two games with Vampire Counts against my, my good Warhammer Fantasy friend, uh, Timor, wow. And uh, we're, we're, we we uh, had a great time. I lost twice to Wood Elves, badly. Well, yeah, no badly. Oh, dear. Uh, they're they're very tricky, those, those Trixie Wood Elves. Um, but it, they were really, really great games, and... Um, and uh, is so much fun to have the vampire vampire counts on the table. Famous, as widely known, somehow not a core faction of Old World. So I really wanted to get them uh, as an army I could play in Eighth Edition, while people would would still give me an Eighth Edition game because that book is so much fun. Uh, it it really has like it's it's just I don't know. It's a re- it's a really great internally balanced book. I'm gonna say a lot of bad tropes, but got a lot of fun mechanics it has you know rezzing it has like it has like uh, you know you can you can res models but it's not it's not like summoning and other other mechanics that i've seen in games workshop games where it, it feels bad for the army it, it 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 works well and it's not overwhelming because it's all based on the magic phase which is so variable and uh, not something you can necessarily count on um, i ran manfred who's like this magic powerhouse but i was like I was definitely a monkey with a computer. I, I, it was hard for me to make good use of them, um, but it was so much fun. Like I, I really, really enjoy uh, when I get to actually play Warhammer Fantasy. And then after that, so I the, uh, started. The vampires got strong as well, right? I I like them. I mean, they've got. I mean, I, I wound up grabbing a painted army um, off of uh, off of the old base I think I think that's where it popped up. Yeah, it was all over it when I saw it. And it has all of the old GW zombies, which they're a homely bunch. But <laughs> massive hands, massive hands. <laughs> big, big old jazzy zombie hands. And, uh, and but, the, you know, like uh, quantity a quality all of its own. So okay. when they're like competently painted and there's a lot of them, you can't really tell individually how derpy they are. And I like them a lot. So I, I really, really like them.
0: So we're talking and, about Swifties uh, again. we just got to the Swifty <laughs> convo. <laughs>
1: So, so, uh, so yeah, so that was, that was tremendous. So much fun, in fact, and so devastating to my pocketbook. It spurned, uh, two, uh, uh, things that I've been working on since then. One, which is the, uh, Val Heffelfingers, uh, eBay miniature emporium, uh, which you can see somewhat behind me. Uh, I've listed over 85 individual items onto the great eBay. Wow. Including some rare, including some rare stuff. Um, Hopefully that goes well. We'll see. It's got a couple armies on there that I've priced ludicrously, so hoping for someone to someone to give too much money for those. If not, I'll lower them down over time. And then the other thing is, organizing myself a little Warhammer Fantasy Battles event, Robbo.
0: I heard this, so this is actually huge news. I'm really excited about this. So do you want to talk us through it? So you're going to so again, this is using the Warhammer Armies project or Warhammer Fantasy Battles. What's the process?
1: So this is uh, this is going to be. Uh, Basically we're going to start Friday November 24th through to Sunday November 26th. I am currently Friday's here. just going to be a hangout um and play if you want. Basically I need to get down there cuz we're going to the mini wargaming bunker. Oh my god. This is this is I've, my I, this
0: is my dream of dreams.
1: I have but, actually bought it out as well. So I I own every cringy uh, Warhammer 40K themed bunk bedroom that they have. Are you kidding me? This uh-huh, is yeah. the
0: greatest event already. And
1: I- uh, so- so I've got a personal stock of that. For any out-of-towners who uh, might want to come, you know, maybe old Val will, uh, will, will set you up with a delightful bunk bed. Um, <clears throat> hey, Rob, I'm just saying. I'm just saying chat, Rob, anyone who wants to come, just uh, slide into the old DMs. Um, and then the, the actual space itself um, is is sort of managed and run by a neighboring hobby shop that, that operates out of Mini Wargaming's sort of HQ over there. And, um, the gaming space is, I guess, similar to the idea of the arena. Um, it's, it's sort of a, like a fairly big 20, up to 11, yeah, it's 11, 11 tables of space. Um, so up to 22 people, which, you know, I think most 40 K TOS would be like, <laughs> but for a fantasy TO, that's a barn. <laughs> I am, I am trying to fill a airplane hangar with players. Uh, although like, um. People seem to be super excited, so that's really great. I almost have my BCP event put together because they'll run my tickets through there. And, um, yeah, and we're going to run not WAP. We're going to run 8th edition, but there's there are these guys called Triple Crown Wargaming, who I love to, to shout out because they, they're they the ones who organize events at Dabby. Uh, or however you say Dabby. it. Dabby. And Dabby. And uh, Dabby. have been keeping the flame of 8th edition tournaments alive in the UK for, well, basically i think they started in 2015 like the year the game ended um but they just kept going for some reason which is great and uh they have their own channel and stuff and they support sort of they support the concept of tournaments so they have a really i think pretty well thought out um event pack um with a comp system that's not too overwhelming essentially there's um uh, there's really no restrictions on your armies so like each army will have a list of items and they're, they're usually plus one uh plus one or two or negative one or two and yeah. so you start with a, a value of zero depending on your selections you're either going to be positive or negative negative. and then say you wind up with uh like a, a stronger list and you're say a plus four at the end of the at the end, end of your of the event they deduct your comp score from your tournament score um right so it's, I, I think that's actually not a not a severe way of doing it. It sort of helps guide people into maybe taking the edges off of their list because they're gonna be they're gonna think that you know going too heavy, heavily uh, comped will uh, will will impact them. Um,
0: uh, just just for people to to because there might be a bunch of new people who are excited about the old world uh, or even are just new listeners or generally are like just are like old world curious but aren't really like haven't listened to some of the older shows or maybe haven't yeah. been in the hobby a long time. Comp is uh, like a bunch of, effectively, house rules that are instigated. like And Warhammer Fantasy Battles, as was, was full of comp. Uh, Each event had its own style of comp. That was kind of the conversation that would happen all the time. And effectively, it's because there's a recognition by the community that the game is ultimately not balanced well. Like, the rules and the armies don't work or integrate with each other well, uh, in some cases. And so the stuff that's too good... You, you get taxed for using it and the stuff that's bad you get like you know you get incentivized to use it effectively um and the comp yes. system is uh you know uh, up for debate many a time uh because it's almost always based on someone's feelings uh, which is cool and that's fine
1: uh yeah um so i would say 100 uh there are a couple of compacts though that were widely used during the era of, of fantasy battles so first of all there was always uh, a, this was the same in 40K in, the, in that era, and I think this is the same in this era for fantasy, but there was always the, like, raw doggers, and then there was, like, the people who preferred to play with comp. I was always a comp guy in 40K. Like, I, I was always a big supporter of the ITC, which was a form of comp. Um, well, it, was a, it
0: was a different rule set, basically, in some ways. It, it,
1: in a lot of ways, yeah. But comp creates a different rule set, right? So if you want to play, like, stock out of the out of the rule book... Um, you know, comp is just going to change that experience full stop, right? But at the time there were things like Swedish comp um, which were like, I'd, I'd say quite um, like even more than what say something like the ITC used to do, like they were quite aggressive I think in how they limited selections and choices you could take from your armies um, I'm not sure how South Coast actually worked, I've never gone to the nuts and bolts of it uh, ETC was more similar I feel to What I'm feeling like coming out of uh, the Triple Crown guys, in the sense that ETC, the previous, basically it was the European Team Championship, sort of like an Olympics of Warhammer Fantasy. It was the original version of of what became the WTC. Um, The main game there for a long time was actually fantasy battles in a team uh, in a team event, and uh, I feel like their comp was a little more similar to the way these guys do it. In which sense, you know, like you have some very very few hard limits on choices. Um, but even then they had like maximum amounts of uh, like um, death wizards you could bring, you had limitations of the amount of dice you could throw at a particular spell. In ETC you could only throw five dice at a spell. I, I, think it's, like...
0: I think it's also worth <laughs> noting I think it's also worth noting that like you know, Val Val just mentioned that there were some people who just, you know, played straight out of the big red book. And I think it's really fair to say the the big red book is like a a coke addled maniac's dream of a book like it's absolutely nonsensical in many ways like i love that book i like i would pour over that book for hours and hours but the game is at is absolute bare bones broken in so many ways like and then uh, it is uh, you you start at the mat like you're like magic phase broken you're like cool like and then you move on Right. But so, my, Rob, you ha-
1: well, my, the show is a lot of this take, and I disagree like so tremendously. <laughs> uh, I cannot disagree I was more. Trying,
0: I was trying to <laughs> let me get let me get to the defense. <laughs> let, let me get to the defense, right? Because even though that was true, and then comp systems were so common because there was just a bunch of adults in the room who were like, obviously, we're not doing this silly fuckery. We'll do it. We'll, we'll change it up a bit. The game was still brilliant. Like, uh, yes. you know, there were some fundamental flaws, which me and Val have talked about many times, but the game was brilliant. So those comp systems, it, it, like, is also it also really explains my personality type uh, when it comes to wargaming. Like, I entered into wargaming into a field where it was accepted that Games Workshop didn't do a good job. Um, yes. And it was accepted that the community or many members of the community would do work to make the game more fun for the community and I don't think that's I think that just I think that really defines who. like it's probably like it's defined who I am as like a as a person in the hobby as well
1: and truth and truth be told I I miss those days a lot like I like it was a care like I knew coming into like looking at the history of stuff basically Games Workshop changes this in a reaction I'm pretty sure mostly to AOS so AOS comes out um and is just the worst And, and like the community has to fix it if they're going to play it it has to be like fixed they have to create points they have to do they have to add missions they have to do all this stuff 40k was on very very shaky legs and was essentially kept alive by its community as well um and so i feel like the sort of even though they're not as involved as they could be even in managing their game right now G, the the gw that we've sort of come to take for granted as like releasing errata and caring about the game and at least trying a little bit Is is a very different world than the one that like Warhammer fantasy battles existed in And the the game sab- of seventh edition 40k was when I entered the game It was really a community driven game And you can't get much more community driven than a game that no longer is published or supported And well, that's where eighth edition is right now.
0: Yeah, and also I kind of wanted to follow up on this because I kind of like before we get into like talking about you know, what's coming and stuff kind of like a uh and i want to talk more about your event because i'm excited about that so let's make sure we circle back to that please pin uh-huh. as they say and then we'll synergize it's in the parking in- lot <laughs> the, um oh fuck I've made, I've made myself laugh and i forgot uh, the, <laughs> shit <laughs> well, I, was I say, don't know. You
1: said synergized and then your brain fell apart. Yeah, I don't know. I know. What
0: it? were you saying? What were you saying? Come on, help me, help me, help you.
1: Well, you were talking about how it was, uh, it was a broken game, and I no, and I it was something after that. that. It was something, and after then uh, we were talking about how like these games are community driven and supported, and Comp is an attempt. I was going to say, I'll just start talking again on the line that I was on. Yeah. I find that basically Comp in those days, the design mechanics were all very zero sum. So, like, there were very strong mechanics. Like one, one thing, like in fantasy, out of the rule book, and apparently this is how they play it. Play it even in this in this pack that I I have. They're closed lists, so you don't know who has what items. You don't know what items uh, uh, an opponent has, um, and uh, you know. So there's a lot of nuance to a given list that you're confronted with that you wouldn't actually know sitting across the table. Now, an experienced player will probably ninety nine percent know. Who has what, and what items are being used? Because there's only ever so many good combinations, and if you know what what to look for, you you, you won't get gotcha But I would say that like gotcha mechanics and like real very powerful things um, uh, were like very common in like seventh and eighth edi- seventh edition 40k, eighth edition uh, fantasy, and I think they moved away from that from it in a design method. In a big way in, in sort of the more recent versions of their games the what... recent version of the games are much more open and you kind of know like for example 40k is set up so that the like the character unit combinations are literally set in the army list
0: that's what i was so, gonna like say, where... we yeah. are we are the problem the conversation that we're having is that we're discussing 40k and age sigma but our game so old world is not made being made there. So the and also the constant support that you see for the game systems for Warcry, Kill Team, which actually is fairly limited for those two outside of big hit 40k. Which still they're late on FAQs, they're late on delivery times for balance updates. Like there's like it's not a set in stone process. Like it's it's mainly good. It's definitely better, obviously. Um, but our game is coming out, especially it's Design Studios, right? But there's kind of two like huge like kind of like talking points there one which is good and one which is bad one there probably will be a less comprehensive support structure around that because blood bowl which is games workshop's biggest game two and a half thousand people at an event in the summer this year like like largest game by by far um is done out especially design studios and even then they do get like fairly uh fairly- i I'd say
1: blood level is well supported by rules i would say like no, they get it's, regular...
0: it's, sorry it's well supported by rules but like clarification to those rules is the thing that i'm discussing but yeah no Lebel... i'm saying
1: that they, they they have they have updated like i think they've updated the game twice this year
0: okay i guess like it's coming into the 10th month all right that might be fine um uh, like well, i mean like a three-month balance patch is different to like a like anyway Um, Well, hopeful. That's actually really good. That's great. So I'm actually more keen and confident about that then. Um, But it's also coming out, especially design studios. And one of the things about them is that they do actually take a lot of community feedback on board. Like they do integrate pretty heavily with the Blood Bowl community. Like the Necromunda guy is literally a Necromunda guy. He's in the forums, like being like, I'm a Necromunda guy. So it's most likely that our old world like uh, like employee one employee <laughs> some one guy
1: one sweaty dude yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah is uh, is um, is probably a fan and probably uh, like doesn't have to go through the monolith. so it's like a positive and a negative. There's not as much resources as if it comes out of GW main so I think analyzing comparing it to that is a problem. But it's more like a homebrew studio, and therefore there might be a much stronger chance of integration with the actual people involved, which is actually really great. Because I think there seems to be a very big delineation between like community 40k. There definitely is in Age of Sigmar, like Age of Sigmar community leaders and Age of Sigmar the, the you know the the company. So like, and I'm sure 40k is probably similar. Um, so anyway. That's what I was going to say. I was like, it's coming out, especially this design studios. Does that make it fill you with more hope? Less hope?
1: There are a couple of things, I think, that fill me, like, like give me uh, hope. Uh, one is exactly what we are talking about. So, like, so SDS is, uh, and even, like, I've been watching a lot of Jordan, Jordan Sor- another plug, Jordan Sorcery uh, has been doing a lot of history videos about sort of Games Workshop hilariously, he got to 7th edition Fantasy Battle. He was doing a history of each edition of, of, of Warhammer Fantasy, and he got to 7th, and he's, he has stopped. So he's, he's still he's still working on his 7th edition history. Um, and I think that's largely because previous to that, the whole studio was more like what you just described. The, 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 the entire games development process was uh, much more about who loves this, and all right, go take it and run with it. It was also more... Um, you know, like ideas led from the front. That's how, um, you know, like if, if it was a good game, they would, they would put resources to it and produce it like things like, you know, Warmaster and Warhammer Ancients and, um, basically all the old guard, like all the, all the games designers that you can probably name, you know, were sort of in the era, era of Games Workshop up until about sixth edition and then transitioning in seventh, a lot of them left. So that's like Alessio Calvatore, uh, Andy Cham- Chambers, um, obviously, uh, Jervis stayed there, but you know, like uh, you know, he he moved on to some some other things like AOS, um, and um, and so like it was it was a really really sort of golden era for, a I think nostalgia for the people who were kids when those guys were all doing their work, but also those games were, I don't know, probably developed over long periods of t- longer periods of time, and with um, maybe a little more care and attention to detail that they would stand up for a long period nowadays the process feels much more like content creators so like it is all about shoveling content in the content furnace getting things out on deadline moving on to the next thing as fast as you can uh with a tremendous amount of output but not necessarily any focus on quality hey, um that's that's kind of
0: interesting like because i was there at the birth of games shop marketing like, and, yeah. and, and and the people that were in charge of the market at that point were the most uninformed people that, you know, they didn't even have their own social medias, you know, like, uh, so we're talking about people who are like, you know, uniquely inept at the job that they were given, but like, that's kind of like an interesting thought to have for another show. I wonder how much their involvement with the the content creators because obviously they started to do a big outreach program to all the different community like you know content creators like mini war Games, for example genius. you know like yeah of course but like <clears throat> the <laughs> i wonder how much that actually has been like reflected back i wonder how much they've walked into the situation and been like how did they get three hundred thousand subscribers on their youtube what can we do to like emulate instead of being like a marketing company and following marketing paradigms like because they like almost like went into a field of content creators, they were like, Are we the content creator? And you're like, <laughs> 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 like yeah. so you're really I wonder if they've taken that on mentally and I've only just clocked that. Does that if that makes sense? That's quite interesting.
1: At, at some point they did realize that holy shit, if you make more things, you sell more stuff. I think that was probably the light bulb that went off. Because I think what what really killed fantasy was neglect. I think that's I don't know. I I really want to make my podcast series "Who Killed Warhammer Fantasy." I got, I I should probably. I keep getting extensions uh, on 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 being able to do it before Old World comes out. But anyway, like really, what killed it was was neglect. I mean, it was a game that, like, uh, for example, the, the last edition, eighth edition, released in in summer of twenty ten. The first arming book was released in March of twenty eleven. Um, like can you, I can't like. When, when it took two months for them to, to drop the the or sorry a month and a half or no it was two months to drop tyranids after um, after the the newest edition of 40k came out I was like Ooh. Uh, and like looking at the development pace that they have for books coming out uh, in 40k I was like Ooh. that's how you kill a golden Goose uh, GW's uh, secret sauce I think has been relentless releases um, and that also is has a is, is how they've balance the games. So like if you have a relentless release pace, there's not enough time for metas to to be created and there's there's very little time to actually find out what's good or bad. It just keeps moving forward and sort of chaos is the way that you keep the game interesting. Anyway, that that's it's a feature, bit of a digression. A feature not a bug. A let's feature... go back
0: to you. let's go back to you. Let's go back to your event where uh, chaos well, actually, no, so celebrate. so
1: so before we get there though like on the SDS point a few things that give me hope is um, like, like I said, I think it, I think clearly it's got to be a labor of love, but also it's been, it's been at least on someone's mind for like five years. What was it? 20, I think 2018 was when they sort of tipped their, tipped the hat that they wanted to maybe do this. Mm. Um, and, and so it's at least been percolating that long. Who knows how long they actually worked like actively at, at creating and developing it, but it's been, it's been thought about for that long. And that is not the luxury that any of the other core games have. Like I don't, I don't think that there's anything in the development history of GW that has been on the burner as long as Old World has.
0: My favorite thing so, about, sorry, like, I, like my favorite thing about the, <laughs> about the, about the announcement. They were like, we're doing Old World. You're like, oh my god, exciting. We're doing Kislev. You're like, wow. All right, this is interesting. And it turns out, really, they were just assets that they were developing for Creative Assembly for Total War: yeah. Hammer Three. Yeah. Right. And then when they come round to finally do the game, they're like, "They're like, where's kids left?" They're like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Like, "What the fuck?" Like, well, literally, I mean, not there.
1: You you did point out, I think, that like, although they're not announced right now, I mean, GW, I, I think they'd be very wise to add factions because there's going to be a lot of people like me who just have. Like ninety nine percent of what what's being released, right? So especially if they don't go back and refresh things with really compelling models, um, you know, like it, they'd be wise to have some net new factions that'll just sell like gangbusters. And I suspect that's exactly what's going to happen. But I mean, it's true. Like like there, I was actually having this conversation with someone else uh, uh, just a day or two ago. That article, it's it talks about how Kislev's going to be in the old world. Now that is pre pandemic. Is that twenty nineteen?
0: This is a great question From when this article is. Actually, no, that's just it. pre... No, it's 23rd, at the, at the March, uh, 23rd of March, 2020.
1: 2020, so just as pandemic hits. So we have no idea if this was something they originally intended to do, and then they dialed back maybe Old World Scope. I don't know. Uh, or it's an army that, you know, will be sitting around at a, and, and uh, you know, watching a, an Adepticon reveal or something, and boom, his level drop. You know, kind of like how Custodes came out of nowhere. the the the, the Cathay uh, article, which is very similar, which was actually a Warhammer three tie-in, also says that Cathay will be in Warhammer: The Old World. So those are things that they have said they're going to do. Did they change course since? I don't know, but it would make sense to me for them to bring in factions that have never existed before. Um, again, just just as a just as a vehicle of of getting you know, existing hobbyists and uh, and uh, people who have maybe never entered, you know, a reason to be excited for stuff that's not, oh, 25, 30 years old. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that development timeline, that like that like clear passion that you see in stuff like Necromunda and, and uh, the community engagement you see out of stuff like Blood Bowl, um, you know, all of that gives me, I think, at the very least, some hope uh, and also, like, benefit of the doubt, like, maybe I wouldn't extend to something like 40k or AOS, where they have certainly a very large development team, and yet, you know, the reason why you we, we think of there needing to be a, a, like a four times annually balanced patch to something like 40k is because they don't have the luxury of, well, at least management does not give the luxury of the time to get most of it right out of the gates. Um, and, uh, and so it requires constant patching. It requires, uh, you know, um, work like that. And also just the, the, the weight of how many people actively play it and are able to, you know, find every single nook and cranny of the rule set at incredibly high pace also results in a need for that kind of a pace of, of of balancing. I don't know if we'll necessarily have a, a meta that's, Anywhere nearly as advanced as, say, something like 40k AOS is, just because of the volume of players. Certainly, on the gates isn't gonna isn't gonna compare. Um, so yeah.
0: No, no. I mean, the production time. I talk about this a lot. Like the production um, at Meta is a very real thing. Like, obviously, you will have a bunch of people who already have pre-existing Warhammer Fantasy Battle armies that are going to be able to like uh, co opt into. I met last night at a gig. Uh, shout out um i met two people i was at a gig last night val uh for yeah, a band I saw you. Called...
1: you got your your faded yeah. concert stamp yeah, yeah, on your hand
0: i was at a band uh, i was at a gig for a band called necro goblicon <laughs> if you've heard of them
1: i love it, love
0: yeah. it. they're a goblin themed metal band uh and they have a legit goblin come out on stage and dance uh which is pretty cool um anyway oh. i was at a gig and i met two uh, unbelievably i met only two warhammer players but my favorite one was the guy that came up to me was like (laughs) he went i'm a sweet narrative chestnutter that's the first thing he said to me (laughs) (laughs) that's
1: fabulous
0: (laughs) um uh, which is really fun and i really enjoyed it but they both seem really like great great dudes um and then the other guy was like i've got ten thousand points of empire ready to hell go yeah yeah Was he a
1: square baser was it yeah 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 Oh hell yeah
0: yeah he's like I got 10,000 points ready to go so I wonder how many people have them ready to go um uh, and then how many people but it's gonna take a while to produce all of those armies whatever the situation right uh, out the gates
1: um yes um but actually right now that's actually one of the cool things going on in a lot of these chats uh, like, uh, is uh, yeah, Tomb King Kristen doing what I love to do interrupt the show with a new sub thing. A oh, rad. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, 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 uh, oh, what the hell? Oh, it's just people are working on armies out there, man. Like, there's lots and lots of people just painting and building, and just like there's a lot of pent up getting ready. Like, I was talking about the Triple Crown uh, Wargaming guys, their events have grown, like, they doubled in size this year. So again, that's probably going from, I think, I think they had, they ran a 32 person event and then they, they, they had the same venue. So they had to run it on two weekends and they ran a 64 person event. But like, there is like a, like a palpable sense that there is a, you know, enough people out there that you can feel good about wherever you are. There's likely going to be someone you can play against, which is really, really cool to me. Um, That's what I look forward to a lot is like just the ability to like, be into a game and 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 be able to find people who are excited to play it, and uh, and and that's what's great about a new edition of really anything. And um, my my uh, yeah my my final point, and this is gonna be a hot take. Oh yeah, this is gonna be a hot take that I, I that I think, and I've been saying this out loud a lot because I think I think a lot of there's a lot of people talking also out there about how like maybe old world will suck, and you know maybe the maybe the the mechanic, like, the actual game itself will be bad. And I have... And I kind of... It forced me to say this out loud, which was Games Workshop doesn't really make bad games.
0: You've said, you've said that out loud.
1: I've said that out loud. I would say that even... I think they make unfin- unpolished games. But, like, if I were to be analogous, it'd be, like, something like Empire Total War uh, was, a, was a terrible unpolished broken game but it is an incredible game uh and over years of development and modding and all that kind of stuff it's still one of my favorite things to return to but i think like when you look at something like all of the editions of 40k that i've played have been incredibly engaging incredible fun um very deep um just like just 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 very tall massive sandwiches that are just like you have to cram your like Squish them down and get your mouth barely over it. They're very like they're just very dense things, and um, are incredibly satisfying to play. And I find I, I don't necessarily maybe like, well I don't know. You got into the original AOS, but like there are very few examples out there. Maybe sixth edition 40k where you 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 find like core rule sets that are bad to play that aren't aren't fun. I think I think Games Workshop actually. They The thing that makes me so upset all the time is how good they actually are at making games, but how bad they are at polishing games and publishing them in a condition that could could let them be as good as they, they should be. I don't know if that is a nuanced enough way to say that.
0: Are you saying that the games mechanically work-ish? They just need a little bit of refinement?
1: They just need more, yes. They, and I think that is ultimately... Where they always wind so
0: like, up, so, yeah. a, so an example would be Cyberpunk, where Cyberpunk last year came out to much applause, uh, but also to a lot of criticism for being, you know, very bereft of, like, features it had, like, extolled, which I think is very Games Workshop current, uh, and then also, um, you know, it took a long time for modders and other people to develop into something more functional and workable. Yet, people bought it at la- launch and had a good time.
1: I don't know how many people have, I think that's probably I think I think your average creative assembly game is probably the best analogy. I think they couldn't be better partners. In fact, if you want to talk about like <laughs> I think I think if you want to talk about like the the mirror and like someone like reaching through the mirror, I think Creative Assembly has reached through the mirror into Games Workshop and pulled in a lot of their bad behaviors. <laughs> because <laughs> because there's really no point in playing a Creative Assembly game in the first year of launch like it's it's almost it is like it is it is a game of it is it is futile and if you do you have to like you have to be ready to put up with some shit and uh i feel the same is true but that doesn't mean it's a bad game like warhammer total war 3 right now is a like it launched as an okay game and now it's a it's probably a great game with with all the layers that have been added to it although it's going through insane controversy right now which sucks but like like they get they get better over time because they start out fundamentally good, I think that's the thing. Like you can't you can't have a, a, a absolutely shit game as at, at, at its core and then a, be able to improve it. A shit sandwich will stay a shit sandwich regardless if you find the good jam and you put it on there. You know what I mean like, that's okay, the way so... I kind of feel. So that's the number one thing that gives me hope is that like they they just they are good at making games.
0: I would say that. I don't agree, but like I'm not willing to like go down this big deep rabbit hole for a long time. But uh, I would say that like if you were to think about the sheer volume of human time that is spent on uh, buying the product, building the product, painting the product, and then thinking about lists, thinking about the game, and then finally putting those mechanical elements onto a board and playing the game, uh, the game itself doesn't need to stand up to the same level of cr- scrutiny as something, let's say like magic, which is almost entirely game dependent, like mechanics dependent. Uh, whereas sure. uh, yeah, okay. like, Whereas, Games Workshop games uh, have the benefit of most of your time being so front-loaded. it's like, it's like if you get like, <laughs> a good example would be Warhammer events. I think that's a really good example of what we're talking about here, is if you, if you talk to a 40K guy, like oh, I was at a 40K event the weekend, and had a great time, they're like, what's it like? Uh, like, And obviously US events are like different to UK events, but I'm, I'm gonna, you know, add that. But, well, like, you know, the tables were pretty low. It's quite crowded, it's really hot. Um, there was no food available. Um, uh, like the organization was like, I guess fine. Uh, the train was obviously just like that gray shit that's everywhere. Um, you know, like, and I had five games and then you're like, how was it? Like fantastic, brilliant. Can't wait to go again, going next year. And you're like, what was the, what was the bit that was good? And they were like, well, you know, like I got to be an event. Like, I think in that situation, people front load the excitement of doing the thing so much that it absolutely, overtly carries over like a legitimate review of the thing like where you would be like which is why we've always done those kind of event reviews would be like the tables are too low the toilets are shit etc like so (laughs) i think i think the mechanics i think the mechanics of a games workshop game which is heartbreaking for me let's all just admit like for right i have based what i like doing on mechanics of games i like i like the interactions i like the tabletop stuff i think the mechanics of of warhammer games or games workshop games specifically are the lowest selling point the 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 most um like because it's also cu- it's also hard locks as well. It is not the number it's not even it's the bottom selling point of every one of those systems. And the reason is is because you Least have valued. you have yeah, you have zero fucking concept of what that is before you drop a 150 quid on a box. Like you walk in at pre-order, which is amazing. So no one knows, right? You walk in and you're like, I don't even know how this fucking works. Here's all of my money. And then you get the thing. <laughs> And then you, you build it and you paint it. When you finally put it on the table, you're like, huh. Like a good example would be, I recently picked up Shatterpoint, as you know. And I would say my first uh-huh. five to 10 games of that sucked. Sucked. And that's because, yeah. right? Is that my fault? Is that the game's fault? It's my fault. Because I had no idea what I was doing, right? Like I was like, I don't really understand how this works and all the fuck's going on, right? That exact sure. But I played copious amounts of certain games workshop games and they mechanically aren't good like is my is my kind of like follow-on from that um but so it requires a lot of okay
1: so this is actually uh... i was listening to uh to the interview uh with alessio calvatore just Mm -hmm. literally last night and and it was interesting to hear him because he's the he's the writer of uh warmer 40k fifth edition he's the writer of the original lord of the he ran lord of the rings so he all of those games still regarded as some of their their most mechanically sound games and he also did uh Warhammer Fantasy Battle 7th edition core rules which are considered probably the best core rule set the fantasy ever had um from just sort of a tightness perspective. Edition. and he was t- uh that, well so 7th edition core rules was essentially a consolidation of 6 so 6 launched and then there was like compendiums and annuals and was white dwarf broken? articles.
0: Wasn't that the dark elf demon one?
1: It was, but those are the army books. After Alessio leaves to do Lord of the Rings, and that okay. gets handed over to a young man named Matt Ward, and that's and that's and that changing of the guard. By the way, this is why I think uh, this is why I think um, my, my my dear friend uh, Jordan Sorcery stuck on on the seventh edition of Warhammer is because that's the beginning of the end. So like when. When that crew moves on to other things and fantasy gets handed off to somebody who basically has a different vision for the game from what the core rules were and takes it just fucking 90 degrees, uh, sorry, 180 degrees in a different direction, that's where things start to unravel. People get very mad. But that's a digression. The, the point I was trying to make is he was talking about during the development process, he comes to he came to it from a very mechanical perspective. He came to it from a balanced perspective. You know, he loved crunching and how rules worked and all that kind of stuff. But when he was interacting with other games designers, he discovered, like he talks about playing with the Perry twins and people who do like scenario-based historical wargaming perspective, for example, in which you're not necessarily worried about like a balanced strategic battle of wits. You're worried about being able to represent whatever scenario it is that you want to do on the table. And it was to him a very different mindset, a completely different mentality that he just didn't relate to or even consider when he was... Sort of in the beginning of, of learning how to like design and make games and for him it was sort of uh, eye opening that like people would play that way you know like everyone he, he actually says like look everyone wants to win but some people you know like how they win isn't necessarily doesn't matter like if you're doing the battle of Thermopylae, like you know everybody dies you know on one side of it therefore you know like making sure that army that that's not a balanced uh, you know game to set up. So therefore like having balanced mechanics doesn't necessarily matter. What matters is being able to, you know, tell that story or that scenario accurately. So you had sort of that's like two different styles of of game design. One's more of a, a a role-playing mentality and one is more of a magic the gathering or like chess like mentality. He talked about, so I'm just gonna digress, but another great thing he talked about was like he uh, he said it was a language barrier thing, but I don't think so. I think it was a sort of a philosophy, philosophy thing, Alessio obviously from Italy, um, where he talks about how um, he would often talk about uh, how how rules were chess-like, and and he viewed that as a good thing. He didn't realize that everyone he talked to there <laughs> thought of that as a bad thing, and 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 what he meant by chess-like was that when he played when you play chess, you aren't aware of the rules of the game. So when you're playing chess, you're only thinking about the moves that you're doing or like what you do next and all that kind of stuff. You're not trying to process what the like mechanics are like, OK, I can move up all this way because it's so simple and perfect. It's just sort of that's that's at a that's at a sub level and you're only playing at sort of a strategic level, if that makes any sense. And I, I thought it was kind of an interesting way to conceptualize things. I think it's another way of talking the micro, about the these, micro like,
0: isn't important. The macro is important.
1: Yeah, and it's also it's a way of a different way of talking about sort of uh, easy to learn, uh difficult to master, sort of that sort of golden toasty like brown toast type thing. Um and uh, anyway, I loved listening to him talk about that, but to get it all get it, bring it all to a fine point, what he feels like he learned from that sort of experience talking to these people is the concept of of fun, right? So like and I think when I say they don't make bad games, what I mean by that is they don't make games that aren't necessarily like to me fun to play or engaging or or in some way hook you in so i'm i, I guess coming back to where how we got on this tangent it's like are you hopeful for the old world yes because there's not really a games workshop game that i played that i didn't find engaging that i didn't enjoy that it didn't make me want to come back and do more and and of course somehow managed to dedicate my life to them uh, or a good chunk of it anyway um, so yeah, so that that just baseline gives me hope. I don't think it's going to be a bad game. I think a lot of people are hung up on this idea that it's going to suck. I, think, I don't think, I think that's a I think risk. That
0: doesn't matter. Like like I think that, that I think that uh, that fundamentally doesn't matter. And the fact that it's the fact that it will come out, especially as design studios, and also like that community, and also people like you and me are very comfortable and competent with comp makes that even even more engaging like uh, like i engage in comp in current game systems like age of Sigmar. like i have put many different comps in mm-hmm. like at events even the current like general's handbook there's a couple of the battle plans where like there's one where when you run or you charge you just take mortal wounds on your units so i just comp that out and then like someone's <laughs> like why and i was like yeah. what does that do like that, like that does there's no <laughs> yes. there's no like fun like it doesn't do anything like so I just, like, I'm just not going to put it in. And, like, that's a really, like, adult conversation to have. Um, but I like, I agree with people in the chat. I think ultimately, like, when you've invested so much time and energy already, you're already going to have a good time, I think, most of the time. I think that's very true. So I would agree with you. Like, I think fundamentally I would agree with you, but I think we arrive at different, at the end of that in a very different way. I don't think it's because of acumen that they get there. I think it's because... I never said invested- that.
1: I... I- yeah, okay. I, never, I never said that. I didn't say why. I didn't say why. I okay. just said that like there've been a very few times where I've thought uh, this is a bad game. Even even like even ninth edition and like ninth edition Warhammer 40k, like which embittered me and and pushed me out of 40k. It made me mad because they had raised it, like the reason why is because it did not meet expectations. Period. Like yeah. it did like they had raised the, my expectations and they did not meet them, and they refused to meet them, like literally personally. Like I was in a position in my life where I was talking to folks who could do something about it, and they weren't. And that that, that made me, that just turned me right off. It's like if you don't care as much as the people who are, if, if the people who are making it don't care as much as the people who are, ma- who are playing it, that's a problem. I don't think that's going to be a problem for Old World, and that's why I'm hopeful. And um, also, the community aspect of it um makes me hopeful too we're just gonna if, if something doesn't work we can fix it and people who are coming back to old world from from like a previous mentality they're not used to this very involved gw with tournament rules and packs and all that kind of stuff and and telling you how to play the game which by the way i pined for for years they're more used to you you take what they give you and you make something that works and uh and, actually, and so like that, was actually that to me. actually gonna... fun
0: I was actually gonna say this, I actually think that so okay, so I've gone on a bit of a journey. I need to tell you two things simultaneously. So I'm, like, I want to quickly, <laughs> okay, let me finish this point, and I need to swing back if that's okay. Number one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Number I'm one, shut up. Number... No, no, no. Please, please chip in on these points. It's really important. Number one, you know, I've kind of gone through like a tumult with the the old world, specifically because at the beginning of the year, I think definitely, and everyone in the chat and anyone who's watching back will absolutely fucking dog on me for this, which is fine. But I'm mean, like there's no way this game can fail. This game is like an absolute <laughs> gangbuster. My favorite onion
1: head my favorite onion headline of all time. Yeah. Archduke Ferdinand, no man can stop me.
0: <laughs> so like I'm like I'm like there's no way like old world like sorry, Warhammer total old world is massive. The games workshop to cu- the games workshop customer base is like I don't even know like it's exponentially bigger than five times uh, than 5 years ago. Like it's grown. Its growth is phenomenal. Like the sheer volume yes. of people that know about Warhammer compared to 6 years ago is huge. Not including mm-hmm. other geek culture stuff like Borders Gay, uh, Lord of the not Lord of the Rings. Uh, well, I mean Lord of the Rings came out, like so much stuff. I'm like this thing is going to do gangbusters. And then they have just hit us with absolutely fucking awful, awful communication. Time and time and time again. And I would say we're at the point now, as kind of like people hopeful for the future, where the buzz has been absolutely taken out the back and shot in the head, right? But somehow there's still a buzz. Do you know what I mean? Like it's emanating. There's a background frequency. Um but I'm now weirdly getting back into the buzz. And my reason is is because now I know it's hands off like almost disaster not a disaster but if you know what i mean like it's almost a a classic gw product where there's there's no communication it's bad communication like and we've got to do a lot of the work i'm like oh that's so fine like i like i like actually we can that's really exciting giving me the building blocks of something that i love and asking me to build a house fuck yeah like i'm in does that make sense like i've come back round to it um, so yeah. I kind of. I mean, the, to...
1: they'll, they'll probably. I mean, it'll be. It'll, it'll. There will be a house there. I mean, it might not have windows. Uh, you know, there might be broken glass all over the floor, uh, but it'll be our house, and we'll we'll be able to make a cool like tree fort out of it. Um, but yeah, like Game's Workshop, like traditionally, um, you know, if they were Apple, uh, the way they would promote their product is by walking out of the front door of their their uh, factory handing out an iPhone to a bunch of people they happen to run into shrugging their shoulders and going back inside. Exactly. So, you know, but the thing is they still handed you an iPhone. And so like that one person is going to look at that iPhone and be like, oh, this is kind of neat. And then lose their life to it. Um, so, so fundamentally like, uh, you know, there's, there's a, there's a, um, uh, I don't know, like a hot takey, uh, sort of technology, uh, business podcast I listen to and, and, and basically, um, one of the things he'll always rant about is like never bet against a uh, never bet against a good product, like a company that has a good product. Um, and uh, and so like I think Warhammer, however it gets there, and again, I mean it's not the mechanic; it's probably the whole melange, right? Like it's the lore, it's the models, it's the years of of like walking past their retail locations and seeing the painted stuff. It's the it's the community, it's the friends you meet along the way. It's all it's a whole lot of stuff that goes into making this thing sort of uh, uh, something that can really grab your soul. Um, but at the end of the day, whatever that is, it works really well and um, tends to make for a satisfied, ta- satisfying tabletop gaming experience.
0: So I want to go back hey, to your can... event, but I need to tell you very quickly about... Uh, yeah. we, you are making a point about uh, people enjoying games, uh, and it reminded me, I need to share a story from last night, where, again, I was at the, the, the gig, Necro Goblicon, Necrogoblicon, Necrogoblicon, uh, and we were at
1: the by merch my stall. the the the, the byman uh, Necrogoblicon uh, yeah. uh, show. Yes,
0: yeah, and uh, we were at the merch stall, uh, and uh, Louise, my partner, was uh, talking to like some of the merch people, uh, and I think one of the band dudes, um, and so uh, a guy who wanted to be involved in the convo but like was kind of like on the fringe started talking to me. And then he was like, I just want to, I really just want to share with them uh, my goblin shaman from World of Warcraft. And I was like, Uh okay. And then started showing me pictures. Um, Uh And then he was like, so this is my goblin shaman. She is like who I play. I have five children in the game. And I was like, and I've played World of Warcraft and I'm like, I don't think you can have kids. And I was like, how's that, how do you have kids? And it was like, well, like, 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 the other players are kids and then I was like okay I was like do you do you fuck the other players he's like you've got a dirty mouth you shouldn't say that and I was like you've got five kids what could like like that's a a natural question to ask I was like well
1: maybe you should have introduced him to the GW concept of no sex in the game and they're actually just fungoid spores
0: exactly so uh, you're right so it's that's on me so then, like, and ultimately, when you were saying earlier that people can have fun playing games, they can. But I want you to know that I think you can have fun the wrong way. Like, and I, like, I needed to say that. Like, I like, I left that man being like, no, I don't want that to be something I heard. He, he also told me he has another <laughs> character who's an orc who has four more kids. I'm like, why are you just having kids? All the time. Why is you like? Why are you like? Okay, I'm gonna have a kid definitely as a goblin lady shaman, but then I think I need uh-huh. more kids as an orc dad. I'm like,
1: why is Rob? Big... Do I have to explain where? Do I have to explain where kids come from? Because that's that's. I mean, that's how it happens. So maybe just... he needed to. Maybe he needed to asexually, virtually reproduce by creating two characters that could then have offspring. No, they would.
0: I think oh, maybe they were the same. No, because they had different amounts of kids. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. So, I don't think they were married. I don't, I don't, because then also, is he married to himself? What's he doing? Maybe? Logging in, logging in, being like, love you, darling. Then logging out, and then logging in and being like, love you too. Like, what
1: the hell? Hey, I, I don't know. Uh, that, I mean, World of Warcraft is a world that I legitimately don't understand. I've never engaged with, not for any particular reason. It's just never been, uh, something I've, I've, I've lost any time to. So. I
0: just want you to know that, like, like, so when people, some people say they enjoy casting Purple Sun on six dice, I'm always going to think of that person now. I need you to know that. Like, <laughs> what was anyway, that? I <laughs> said, whenever, whenever someone casts Purple Sun on six dice, I'm going to empower Purple Sun on six dice. Yeah, I'm going to think of that man. Uh-huh. That's what I'm going to think of. Uh, right, so I'm like, you're having fun, but in the wrong way right now. So uh your event it's going to be in Canada it's going to be at the Mini Wargaming Bunker some would say yes. the last bastion of Warhammer Fantasy Battle content creation.
1: Uh it is although not a, not on their official channel As Mini Wargaming Steve does uh, uh a lot of uh live stuff. I'm trying I'm trying to Steve is actually not an accessible creator. I I I I find him hard to to get a hold of. So I got I got I'm I'm trying to get him out to, to actually play. Um but, uh, but yeah, so it's going to be up to 22 people. We've uh, we bought out all of their hotel rooms. We're going to start on the Friday. Friday night, I think we're going to do something called Triumph and Trunch Treachery, which is a way to play multiplayer yeah, fantasy go. battles. It's actually a lot of fun. Uh, but also, I think it'd be a good way for folks who maybe don't play a lot or haven't played in a long time to like just get a quick refresher of, of how things move around a bit or even just like have open play and people can come in and get some practice games in on the Friday night and hang out in the in the in the bunker. Uh, anyway, um, and then the next day we're gonna depending on how many we get. If we get twenty two, I will go to five games. If we if we get you know less than sixteen, I'll probably dial that back so I can get home to my family a little earlier on Sunday. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think I'm looking at catering some lunch. Um, it's uh, it's it's gonna be a fun five games, and I'm really excited about too. This is how this whole thing started. Almost an hour. And a half of content, <laughs> but I'm excited too about the comp pack. Uh, so the, the rules that we'll be using on top of the rules, um, because uh, again, I think with this era of games, especially because there's gonna be a lot of players who are you know not dialed in to like to, to win it, it won't be like a hardcore tournament, I doubt. Um, it's nice to have something that will level set the game a little bit mm-hmm. just to take the hard edges off and hopefully allow for. You know, less of a zero-sum play experience for a lot of people because the six dice, purple sun reference you're making, um, you know, can make uh, can make for uh, not so much fun. Yeah, I mean, I mean, imagine
0: flying across the earth, game one, putting out your army, and someone goes, "Ah, ah,
1: "You lose." (laughs) (laughs) Again, um, you know, that's that that would be. That would probably be a pretty bad outcome. Um, (laughs) I I, I don't know. I don't, I see. I, I think a lot of uh, someone was actually asking earlier too, like what, so when we were talking about the evolution of comp systems, we got one of the reasons why comp could work in fantasy was actually the slowness of release, interestingly enough. So like things would come out, people would sort of be able to agree on what was, what was and wasn't working. And then, you know, I, I, don't, I think it was a committee that used to do the Swedish comp, which always was the most spoken about one. Um, uh, they would release, you know, their their sort of rulings or their adjustments to the game. However, end times came. Uh, and just before end times, I think they released, it was a glut of, of army books. I think there was like six books that get released in like maybe a six month period. Like it was very, very fast.
0: High elves, dark elves, <clears throat> wood elves,
1: dwarves. And, and they yeah yeah worse yeah yeah like and they were and they were good books like they good were book. not they were very very powerful books especially the uh the dark elves and the high elves um and then you go into end times and end times adds all kinds of adds a whole new um like very very powerful um uh lore of magic the uh, lore of undeath which everyone could use which i found kind of lame and then there was uh you know and then they also added characters and units and and uh you know different versions of the armies so they they united the undead army so you could play tomb kings and vampire counts it's the best way to play tomb kings and then they they uh they 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 gave you combined legions and all sorts of stuff comes out basically the game moves too fast to comp so uh the comp falls apart at the end of the game and it uh it and then it blows up uh, these guys continue on after that so what i really enjoy is that they have taken the sort of fullness of every so everything, including the end times content. So they're, they're, they allow you, for example, to use end times characters, but they got rid of, so in army building in Warhammer fantasy battles, you have a percentage base that you can assign to each type of unit. So like lords and heroes traditionally were 25% of your total points could be lords and heroes, which meant that you were generally limited in how much really powerful you know, like, you know, magic, mostly magic users you could bring and, and things like that. Um, and then in End Times, they allowed half of your emulus to be lords and heroes. So that becomes a bit, becomes a bit more about, you know, those big spell casting or or fighting models and didn't really sit well with a lot of people. Um, anyway, so they, they allow you to use the characters from End Times, which are often very expensive, but they limit it still to 25%. So they cherry pick from the different, again, they, Games Workshop gave, you know, built most of a house, through a bunch of lumber and equipment in front of it, and they have, over time, sort of crafted a comp pack that I think takes in a lot of the stuff that is, is fun to play, and leaves out a lot of the stuff that maybe made it untenable. Um, so yeah, I really, uh, really like the Triple Crown uh, GT Pack, and I've been sort of deep diving it when I can recently to see if there is stuff that I think is really lame. Uh, one of them one of the points and actually chat if there are fantasy battle tournament players in chat and Rob too, I'm gonna throw this out to you This is a, a decision I need to make because it's very very strange to me is the concept of open versus closed lists so Did you when you played did you play in events because I can't imagine going to an event and not knowing which characters have what items and stuff uh, It um, just seems seems crazy to me.
0: I, I think you just do open I think closed I think closed is uh is is some sort of like nonsense holdover uh which is like ridiculous and ludicrous. Uh, I don't think it's helpful. I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it adds anything to the game, um uh, in any way, shape or form. Uh, I don't think I think it just creates like an unnecessary like gotcha moment, which is like just. I feel there's only there there is a good feeling. I got you. Right. That's yeah, the exactly. The
1: exactly. That's yeah, the it's, it's so I feel like if you were playing with a group of people who have played and that and that's and honestly, that's what these guys are. They're a group of people who have played Warhammer Fantasy 8th Edition for eight years. And then what was it? Five years before that they've been playing for, for like 13 or 14 years, the same game. So for them, it's kind of fun because they they know what's probably out there. And there you do that. That does become a cool mechanic. But when when it's people who don't necessarily know what to expect, mm-hmm. and who aren't like incredibly well practiced and don't know every single item in the game, um, I feel like it's a bad idea. It reminds also, me a lot of pre-measure. If you
0: don't even know if that item does, like like yeah, like you're also you're completely unaware. You're like oh, I don't even know what that item does. I didn't know that you could win the game by having an item I never even knew existed.
1: Like, only only fantasy tournament I played in, I like I was like. I was playing against Skaven in the last round, and it was in that event they played just rule book. And um, but it was again, it was a group of guys who've been playing with each other, and like they've just they've always played. And so they know they know everything about everything. I had never played Skaven, I never read Skaven. And so uh I (laughs) I I like got uh, a situation where I was gonna charge into some plague monks and I was evaluating what I needed to charge them with, and I put in what I thought was enough. To, to deal with them quite effectively, ignorant of, of like something that would be obvious to any experienced like fantasy player who knew Skaven, this friggin' like one use only banner they have that turns them into an absolute blender, and I, you know it it turned the game significantly, but that that was that was just a moment of that was the only reason that happened is because I didn't know Skaven, I didn't know that that banner could be there, and if I knew Skaven, I'm gonna bet that it's always there. I don't know. <laughs> Like, it just makes them so good for that turn that, like, I can't imagine anyone doesn't give their Plague Monks this thing. You know, so, like, I would have factored for that banner being there and done things differently if I just was aware of the item. But I wasn't, and so I lost on Ignorance, and that's a gotcha, and it sucks. So, no closed lists.
0: Yeah, you go. I think you've worked through it yourself. I can't imagine a situation where closed lists are healthy for the game, um, uh, which I think is uh, a negative. So, don't do that. Like that would be my feedback. Um, all right, so uh, looking forward to the event. I'm going to include a link to the event if people want to travel across the world to the event, um, uh, or if and... you're
1: in the neighborhood. Like I'm sure there's people out in, in, in around Ontario. People also like don't don't understate the fact that many wargaming is a destination. It is a it is a mecca of of the hobby. Many wargaming is what got a lot of people into these games in the first place. Mm. Um, and uh, and so yeah, you can you get basically. That's the other cool thing is if you, if because we're staying there you get 24/7 access to their uh to their their game room. So that that 11 table like Warhammer 40K themed uh bunker room. Um and it's like it's basically what it is is a Warhammer Air- Airbnb. Um and uh like the best deal I've ever seen. So I think it's cool. I'm looking excited to being hosted by them. I hope uh and I hope some of those guys come out to play. I might convince Josh to come out. We'll see.
0: Yeah. <laughs> If I went to the mini, there is no bunker. way
1: my wife. There's a no way my wife would sit down in any of the Warhammer-themed uh, rooms. Uh, someone asked, "Are you going to have sex in the mini wargaming bunker?" And there is uh, the officers' quarters, which has a has a queen bed. Um, I'm not sure which Two bed things. is is Two worse to, to risk sleeping in. But uh, why yeah. was the other option? Well, just a bunk bed. So like, I feel like the bunk beds are just less likely to uh, be coded in uh, in, um, well, gamer semen.
0: Okay, number one. number one, and I hope this is important for you to know. Yeah, zero, there is a very high percentage chance that there are cameras set up to record you while you're in those rooms. Like (laughs) they're a professional, they're a professional, (laughs) they're a professional media company. Like there is no way that there's not. And follow on from that. I would definitely have sex in a mini war game, bunker, even if it was just (laughs) myself, even if it's just on my own, I'd be like,
1: I have no doubt that there's been a, a, that the self, the self love, uh, you know, especially in the bunk bed, top bunk. You know, the uh, the eight foot high club has probably been uh, ha- accepting new members frequently throughout the history of, of many war gaming. But we have sca- speculated many times on the show whether or not anyone's been laid in there. We'll find. like, I don't know. Maybe maybe someone will bring a a spouse and there'll be an awkward moment in the morning. Who knows?
0: Yeah, it doesn't have to be a spouse. It could just be a random like. Just imagine walking outside, be like, hey, hey, just so you know, like this is a building where no one's ever banged. Like <laughs> it has a virginity aura. Yeah.
1: <laughs> just, just, just hit the bars hard in Welland, Ontario, and bring someone back to the bunker. Yeah, all right. Let's see what happens, guys. Is I, I that that is a full on uh, that that will be a full on trophy uh, as well uh, at the end in the awards ceremony. First,
0: someone got laid in the bunker. Everybody, all right, perfect. So, um, <laughs> so to get bring us on to our main topic. Yeah. We've nailed it. We got there. Uh, one hours twelve in. That's pretty standard on this war game of time, to be honest. Uh, the launch box. So uh, the launch, the launch of the old world. Now rumors have been abound uh, that the release was set for November. However, uh, rumors abound that the schedule at Games Workshop because of uh, a small printing error with their Gaitanicus, their small. Um, uh, epic 40k game or 30k game whatever uh, has yeah. been delayed um, yeah. I don't know if they've publicly stated it's been delayed uh, but like um, it is it is gone and therefore the schedule is a mess as I understand it uh, so I've heard that the old world has been moved and we're looking at a January date now uh, which is pretty exciting Um, so that's fun that's not that far away it's not that far away nope. only four nope. months away quarter of a year long to prep and then uh, we're hearing the rumor that it's going to be a couple of launch boxes so not just the one two launch boxes so one for bretonians one from tomb kings which kind of makes a lot of sense you know like you do get this with fomo boxes you buy a box you only want half of it you don't really want the other half it goes to waste um and so you can buy in on the faction that you really want to buy into so what are your thoughts about the timeline and those initial rumors mr val
1: Timeline, couple months doesn't make a big difference to me. One thing that does, so I think, I don't know, this may have been your point that we, we said in chat. One, one thing is that it does move uh, old world into the, I guess, Q3 for them. So they're, they're, their fiscal year starts in June. So that gets them into Q3 and they also do half year reporting. Um, so essentially, you know, they have two big reports that they do each year about how, how sales have gone. And that would mean that Old World falls into, you know, two quarters that don't have currently lined up a massive, massive release, a big, big drop. We obviously, we had 10th edition 40K come out in uh, Q1 of this year. That'll be on their half year report. It's going to be massive because they sold the hell out of that. Um, so, you know, like they maybe they're looking at, to pad some good news into this the second half of the year. Um, that's, that's okay. Um, one thing that I do find a bit strange about it is if you're releasing in January, that means you... You probably have to be talking about it with some specificity before uh, before January, which probably means November or December. You're at least acknowledging that it's out there and that is coming, which means this is very, that would put them in a position where they're probably caught, cause because the reason why GW hates leaks about upcoming releases is they believe that <laughs> excuse me. Um, they believe that if you know what's coming, you'll plan your purchases um, and, uh, and, and therefore spend less because you won't emotionally buy every single thing that comes out. <laughs> um, I'm just looking at, at Robbie, uh, roll his eyes here. Um, and uh, and okay. you won't emotionally buy everything that comes out. However, if, if, if something as big as Old World's coming, and this is going to be in Canadian dollars, I imagine a $300 plus box Um, or, or two, 200 to 300 at least, um, then like, that's gonna sap stuff from their Christmas rush, um, I would think, or at least make people want to hold off who are interested, because they're always gonna have things like, on Warhammer damn show they'll announce all of their Christmas boxes and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know, I'm overthinking it a little bit, but I just find that like, it seems a bit strange that they would drop something there because November would have just made a lot more sense, um, so. I don't
0: know if the Christmas boxes are like like I like i I, so I understand that the Christmas box is the you, like a store gets like two or something and like mm. that's all that's floating around I think it's like a nice bonus for them I don't think it's something they like call but I think they do a core release you know like they've actually left space Marines pretty late like we know space Marines codex still not been announced uh and we're in September um or like you know it's the 21st so like you know it's pretty crazy that we've had this the space marines codex is probably going to come out in october and it's probably like
1: if that's the christmas release really yeah
0: yeah like it's you know it's close towards pushing towards that christmas release um uh, you know there's probably going to be some fantasy stuff i don't think there'll be like a big 40k army but there could be a big 40k army um or something along that lines as well but they've been really drip feeding 40k uh, which I think is quite interesting as well, uh, but either way, like I'm not too bothered about that. I'm just excited about the you know it finally being like talked about and announced, and those launch boxes. And we know those launch boxes can be Tomb Kings and Bretonia. They've said that already, um, which is fun. So like uh, now, I guess the real question is, like, what form does that take? Because I think that's kind of interesting. Most times when they launch a game, or yes, you know, it's
1: the it's the starter set with like the two halves. Yeah. So, so maybe I wonder if what it is is that, and I again, this is applying logic to uh, a chaotic company, but Horace Heresy, the most recent launch box for Horace Heresy, hmm. was an was kind of cool in the sense that it was uh, a, a box of models that could be split, or it was just one pretty beefy army. Um, and so, I wonder if they, they took away from that people seem to like having, uh, you know, one beefy army, or maybe, maybe they notice that people will often buy, you know, uh, two, two starter sets and then trade, trade with a friend or something like that. Um, uh, or like two people buy two starter sets, one person takes two halves, another one person takes two halves, cause that gives you more models to actually start something useful with. Mm. Um, so maybe it's something like that. I, I am The only thing that gives me pause is that I'm kind of worried that they're going to be, like, army battle boxes that, like, don't have a rule book. And, like, I, because on the initial release, I want the FOMO box. I want something that's got, you know, a limited rule book in it with, you know, some, some, like, cool shit, like, trinkets and then, like, a bunch of models. Like, that's, that's what I want. Um, So I'm hoping that's what it is. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but we'll see like that. It's not a not a individual rule book. And then they're just they release some battle boxes. You know what I mean? Because that yeah. would be very strange.
0: Yeah, I think I I'm not sure. I'm not sure if the books is, the books are actually just going to be completely independent of the of the miniatures themselves. I feel like it's going to be, you know, your old traditional start collecting kind of art battle boxes that they used to do. Where It's just it's just going to be all of the models in a box. The book is independent. The rule book is independent for that um as you process so you know like which i think maybe as a consumer feels like the kind of like the, the you know for games workshop sorry let's be clear because obviously all rules should be free is the correct process uh for them and the way that they do it and it's the most like we're traditionally used to this as a process um to be honest uh like i'm excited about the 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 those books individually because that is fun like getting a new toon king book is fun you know oh yeah and
1: and I'm talking about core I'm talking core rules, right? Like I'm talking about like that, that core, like that big red book. And I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it because it's going to be SDS designed like, um, again, I'm just, I'm, I'm really sick of the disposable feeling of like a lot of the most recent books. Like they feel like pamphlets, you know, like they, yeah, they, yeah. they aren't worth the paper they're printed on. I'd love an object. I have I've gotten to the point where I have just about everything that was released from Eighth Edition, like print-wise, and I just I just I love having them, and maybe it's because they are so like, they're like they've 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 been useful for so long. Maybe that's why they feel like they have a more artisanal quality to them. Well, they're but certainly, more very tactile. Yeah, yes, for sure. Like the Forge World stuff, especially or SDS now. Um, you know, like they they are good at making objects. Right. So like I I do look forward to like, I don't know, uh, it'll be after we can we can celebrate uh, Orthodox uh, 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 calendar Christmas on January 7th with with uh, with hopefully some nice faux leather uh, soft touch materials on the binding. <laughs>
0: I mean, ultimately, like, and I've said this on the chat, uh, sorry, I said this on the show a lot, rules should be free, but, like, you don't need, like, you uh, that you can sell me books. Like, I'm not yes. anti-book, I like books. You can sell me books very comfortably, you just can't, like, uh, I think ensconcing rules in them is, and also it becomes a problem for them, because if they've majorly yeah. messed made a mess, being able to, like, you know, go back and fix those elements becomes more difficult because they're, like, you know, they're in, in, invalidating that. Um, but if you're
1: buying, if you're buying game pieces, uh, you know, like the rules for those game pieces should be a feature of the game piece. And they, 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 they sort of did this for like half a minute. Remember they used to really put data slates in all the box. It was actually an AOS thing, um, where like the box itself came with rules for the model. So you buy the model, you have it and boom, that's it. You can put it on the table. Um, that was the, that was like the tiny little hatchling of an idea that was good. Um, and, uh, yeah, the core rules, sure, charge me a bunch of money for that. But, yeah, like, the actual individual armies and all that kind of stuff, there's there's smarter ways to do it. But to digress again on a point that I've said a number of times is like, again, I know I, I hate... I have to give them some credit, otherwise I'm a, I'm a hypocrite, because I, I, do, I do clearly love a lot of the stuff these guys do. One thing that they are really good at, or it had been for a long time, especially in their publishing arm, Black Library, is... Uh, books became quite just like music. They were commodified, you know, digital killed books. You know, there aren't, there aren't really massive bookstores anymore, just like there aren't really large record stores anymore because you can just download them digitally. Um, but that, that totally misses the point of the fact that a book is a tactile object, a thing that you can collect and have on your shelf. Whether or not you use it as a book, it still gives us weird monkey humans uh, a, a positive feeling to hold these things and to be able to physically look through them and do that. So Black Library, I think, leaned into that by creating like their limited editions and, and just making that sort of that object experience really good, and I think that that's, and also making them collectible and all that kind of thing, like all those elements that went into making that a successful product understood what the benefits of having a physical book was. You Know what I mean? And they kind of like, at times, have made the most of that. By making those objects hard to come by, or, or whatever, old world expert, nice. Um, so, uh, so like I think that's that's why I love that's why I like when they do take the opportunity to like make a cool book object that's you know engaging to look through and all that kind of stuff. Which coincidentally usually makes for a terrible ref reference object because they're usually big, heavy, ungainly, and poorly laid out for like referencing yeah that's also, um, that's the best,
0: you... that's the best bit is that like as a game piece they're atrocious like as a as a reference tool they suck like like <laughs> very few people have that you know huge a4 sized uh, bit of table in front of them on their table before their army to reference stuff. So yeah, it's, it's, it's actually really funny that fundamentally the thing that they won't change about it is the thing that makes it bad at w- for what it's for. It's bad. At right. all that. Pro- yeah. That's really good. That's a good point. But yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and, and actually, uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about wahapedia.ru here, or at least we had in the past when we cared about 40 K, although they have AOS too, um, which is a sort of, it's just a website that, but like it's a website that makes accessing and referencing rules so much easier forget that it's free uh because it's pirated uh beyond that it's a superior product like is is actually a better way to use the rules and in in fantasy there's whfb.app uh so anyone who wants to play fantasy and by the way it's it includes sixth edition includes i don't know if it has seventh but definitely has eighth and it has warhammer armies project and it is uh, also, it's, it's written um, in a way that's mobile-friendly. And it makes finding rules, looking up all of the, 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 the various like minutiae of Warhammer Fantasy Battles so much easier. Because I can do a keyword search, I can find what I want. If that rule references another rule, that other rule is hyperlinked within the rule, I can go to it, reference it. It speeds up games like crazy. And all it is is just someone who understands how to like properly link and and put together a friggin' app-based, you know, set of like information, you know, <laughs> like or or like a, you know, it like a, like a proper wiki, right? So like, that is a great reference tool, whfb.app, um, and includes. You can't build army lists out of it because that's not what it's for. It's designed for rules referencing, and it's friggin' fantastic.
0: Okay, good. All right. Well, so uh, like to circle back to the um, to the boxes. So now we're going to get we're gonna a Tomb King box Bretonia box uh, speculation time. Okay. So we have seen a couple of new models for both sets. We've seen some new Tomb Kangs uh, and we have seen some new Bretonians, uh, the ladies included. So um, <laughs> do you think that do you think it's going to be a core box where it's like, look, Let's take Tomb Kings as an example. Here's a bunch of Skeleton Warriors. Here's some Chariots. Uh, these are the things that you need. Like, this is the core, because you literally have core in Warhammer Fantasy Battle. Uh, is this the core... We did, that you're, yeah. Yeah, like, is this the core that you need to buy an army? Yeah, and then after that... We're going to sell you the characters and you know your specials and rares in addition or do you think it's going to be kind of like there'll be a tomb king in there there'll be a couple of characters and then it'll be some core maybe even some special units in there like because that that feels like that's kind of a bad way to go about it you almost feel like you want to sell people i want i want to be able to buy multiple core like uh, Mm -hmm. like in a box because because interestingly warhammer fantasy battles HCM or forty K are the same. You normally need some fundamental units, but yeah. those can be quite diverse. They can be yes. quite a few different units. Um, so, in some armies, not, but in most armies, yes. But Warhammer Fantasy yeah. Battles, you actually need some fundamental units uh, before you can even, you know, we talk about tax. So, what do you, what do you, ex- what do you expect the box to be, and what would you like the box to be? Th- those are two different uh, questions. Let's start with two. questions. Yeah.
1: So, Tomb Kings. Uh, well, number one, from, from like a model's perspective, we haven't seen a single aside from the Pegasus that was leaked at the uh, at the what do they call it, the boot sale? Um, you know, we haven't seen a single plastic sprue yet for for Old World. Uh, that is new. We've seen them br- bringing back all of the old plastic sp- sprues uh, for the most part. R. I. P. Tree Man. Um, but um, you know, like we haven't seen anything new. And as someone who is addicted to them, scaly, scaly, spooky bones right now, um, I have been just fighting temptation on picking up tomb Kings because I realized at some point, like I bought a very small lot of them and I realized that we actually haven't seen whether or not because we, when I saw that the, the the knights of the realm Bretonians, which is you know a core element of the Bretonians, and the men at arms for the Bretonians, a core element of Bretonians, were not new, they were the old plastics, I immediately assumed that we probably weren't going to see core refreshes, um, and that was that. <clears throat> Failing to think that there's no reason why Tomb Kings, uh, skeletons like their core infantry, which are ancient, and uh, definitely not a CAD sculpt, so they have like big chunky weapons, they're brutal. Um, Uh, you know, they, you know, there's no reason why that couldn't get redone. Um, you know, there's no reason why a lot of the stuff that wasn't redone coming into 8th edition, there was a really great Tomb King's release for 8th edition, um, doesn't get redone. So I have held off as a result. Um, and, uh, I'm hopeful that we do see some of the most outlandishly old kits that don't hold up, like Tomb King's core infantry, like their skeleton horsemen, uh, like their chariots, um, uh, I'm hopeful that we see those get remade. That'll break a lot of people's hearts who spent crazy money, crazy money on Tomb Kings since they went out of print. I do not.
0: Think they they getting remade. I do not think
1: you don't think me. they're getting remade? Well, I'm, 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 I'm hopeful, and we'll see. So whether or not they get remade, um, I think my 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 gut is that just from like a logistics perspective, it's hard. It's going to be hard for them to support this game because it's an entire it's an entire Warhammer game. So, um, with a lot of, even, even limiting the core factions to the 10, I don't know. There's a big, it's a big list eight. Okay. So limiting it to eight plus probably a couple wild cards that, that they drop. Um, you know, that's a lot of like miniatures kits to support on top of an already strained supply supply system for core games that they're also selling like 40 K and, and AOS so I'm wondering if maybe we don't see, like, the old-fashioned big battle forces sort of as, like, the lead-off release for most of uh, most of their army books as they come out. So, like, you can buy one big FOMO box, and that's kind of what you can work with for a while. Uh, that would not be surprising to me. So I would, I would expect in these, these release boxes that you get, um, you know, some, like, a hero or two. You get some core units, you get some special, maybe a rare um and then you know two of them makes an army that w- that's kind of what i feel like
0: okay that's fun and that's what you're hopeful for
1: i don't know what i'm hopeful for i I'm-, I'm i'm hopeful for like the derpiest of the derp to get underped and remade and you're saying you're tapping my foot and saying it's probably not going to happen bud and that's uh I'm not, that's, I'm not, I'm like,
0: i think i think based on the media that we've seen i think that i think we're not going to you're not going to get a whole tomb king's range refresh. I think you're going to see but it doesn't have
1: to be the whole like we're talking about we're talking about three units you know like really i don't
0: don't see that personally but like maybe we are like i just don't see that being the case i think what they're going to focus on is going to be a lot of new characters and if there was going to be um you know like a new new kits of that scale because it's like like you say it's like stock and scale then I think it's probably going to be on like a new faction, as you talked about, something like, mm. uh, you know, Kislev or something else. That's probably where most of that work has gone into versus something um, like that. Like, and, you know, they've shown old Bretonians. Like, I think, I feel if, like they're at the stage of showing us old Bretonians. They're not, they're just going to do old skeletons as well.
1: Um, and, and I don't want to give them this credit. It could also be a savvy call in their own eyes, in the sense that they, they can see that there is, at the very least, Pent up demand for a lot of these kits that went out of print, Mm -hmm. Um, because you know that's the ultimate FOMO. Is like once when things go out of print, you literally can't get them. Can't get them, and so that's increased their pricing. And maybe their thought is, "Hey, people want to eat this shit up anyway. Why invest time in redesigning it? Why not just sell them the old stuff at first, uh, get the suckers, and then if we want to, we can double back and refresh it later." Um, But like that, that that would that feels kind of. Graven and savvy and then maybe what you see is a refresh to a line of models that we're not expecting but yeah, in, think, that, I, in that in that core think, think, in that core lineup there aren't a lot of shitty plastic kits like the the armies that they're leading with are actually the oldest and worst ones that they are releasing in that like the elves all got redone Empire got redone um you know like uh the, the Orcs are, are you know the elves look great yeah
0: the elves look great so the elves like, look great
1: I don't know, man. I like oh, so those I, I are wanna, the, like uh, that. Yeah. I'd also
0: like to say that, like, I think, again, just to kind of circle back to this, because I feel maybe as a show, like, obviously, open to interpretation. You know, uh, like, life should be a book that you're constantly writing. you always changing your mind, like, and you know, improving what you think about stuff, like, you know, thanks to new input of information. Um, but like, I'm I'm putting my flag in that none of the decisions are mercantile. Like, you know, you were just talking about we. they could do this, they could do that. I feel like none of these conversations are happening. Zero. I feel like all of the conversations are just like, <laughs> I really wanted, like in 1982, I wrote like a homebrew story about how my Bretonian Lord did a thing. And he was like, and that is, I'm planting my flag that they are passionate hobbyists in this section, yeah. like, and if we if we see poor decisions from that particular element of the of the company or in this game state i'm almost guarantee it's because like i i bet you could sit down with them at the pub and they'll be like the two king kit is legit like they'll think those skeleton warriors are great like unashamedly think that they're good kits and I think that that's I think that maybe that's how, that's how I'm currently going to approach this process because I feel like that's where they're at. I'm obviously open there. There is a lot
1: that. of genuine. There's a lot of genuine nostalgia for for the old ranges, like and, and that's and that's true. And there seems to be from the existing player base and the, the or at least the existing like, um it's sort of like how uh you know when Eighth Edition dropped. I don't know how many new players came like in forty k. I mean, sorry, forty k Eighth Edition Seventh, uh, a broken terrible the era for the game. 8th edition comes, it's new GW, it's all that exciting stuff. I think what they did was they reactivated a lot of old bitter gamers who had sort of dropped off after 5th edition turned into 6th. And so I really wonder how many, I wonder if they're just targeting with with this first setup like, and again, maybe not consciously, because maybe it's just these are who they are who are making these games um just the idea is that like we're going to reactivate this 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 user base this this group of people we're going to forget the fact that there's also people who are interested from warhammer total war and all that kind of stuff we're just going to reactivate this base and we're going to give them the things that they wanted um and that's very possible and I, i the thing that makes me feel a little bit differently about that is that the indications that they gave in that very very light on detail um uh, Designer diary on game mechanics suggested to me that they're reimagining how the game actually works. And I will say that it sure feels like when they rewrote Horus Heresy, that they rewrote it in a cleaner way. Um, I feel like Blood Bowl, the actual rule book, I don't know if you played it or, or read through it, is written in a tight, good way. Um, I feel I, I haven't read Necromunda, and I don't know if it's a similar developer, but like, <laughs> it's I feel like it's. Uh, it's still SDS, but, like, the actual individuals within SDS will vary. Um, so, like, um, I, I'm not as... Whereas once upon a time I figured it was going to be a throwback to the way they wrote the games, I feel like now that they are they may come at it with less of an artisanal approach. It might actually be written as a game, too. We'll see. I understand where you're coming from, though. Um, but I'm just saying, like, I see indications from other games that they've, they've made from the studio that you know they haven't totally missed all the other things that have been going on we're not just going to get you know a sixth edition core rulebook, which is what a lot of people are pining for or hoping for <clears throat> i think we're going to get a full reboot of warhammer fantasy and it's going to take obviously it's going to take influence from previous games it's going to feel like warhammer fantasy but it's going to be its own its own edition i think this is going to be its own thing
0: Right, well, listen, uh, I think it's a good place to end it. We should ask everyone in the chat, uh, but also people watching this podcast back uh, to drop what you think are going to be in those start boxes. Do you think it's going to be all old models, new models, a mix? What style would you like to see it play out in? Um, you know, and generally, like, you know, we've talked a lot about a of different stuff. love to hear your thoughts because I know Val will be responding to those in somewhere between seven minutes to 24 hours, depending on... Right. (laughs) I think the
1: longest. I think the guy who did the countdown. I think I got in there in nine hours. Uh, It was. I was. uh, I was probably uh, looking after my sweet baby girl that day, and I wasn't quite able to be as on it. If you could, if you could give me moderator access, then I would actually get notifications. I could get this thing under a minute. All right. I'm literally just refreshing. Like I have no technology to assist me with. Like no problem. Just give um, me some, just give me some mod access, and uh, you know I'll be all I'm way more all over it than any podcast I actually uh, <laughs> produce. So,
0: <laughs> oh, listen, a, I hope the event goes really well. I'm gonna put all of the links in. B, I'm gonna to look to see if I can get there. Yeah,
1: let's talk, you... let's talk to my people. I, I've is... got some, I got accommodation for you. We just gotta figure out getting you across the pond. That's it. And then I still then have, I I still have look... an old golden ticket for an LVO that didn't quite work out. So. <laughs> and then
0: i gotta then i gotta work out what army i would play that's a, that's a drama uh for me uh on a personal uh-huh. front and then um uh, which is exciting but i hope the event goes well and I then can. like i just keep staying staying tuned to all the goss i'm excited to find out what's going to happen in the old world that's all i'm going to say uh, right. Okay. So thanks, Val, and, for being on the show. On, and again,
1: for it. that event, I will be dropping information on. Uh, I guess I'll probably drop it out on Twitter. I'm Val Heffelfinger, and Facebook is where I am a lot of the time. I'll drop it into the the uh, Honest War Gamer Discord as well. It'll probably be in the comments of this or in the description of this this particular thing. Um, so uh, so yeah, like uh, I, I would love to get the full place filled with uh, with fantasy battles nerds.
0: Yeah, Perfect. I love the Chaos Dwarf Gun line. Let's go back. Let's go back to the beginning, uh, which is fun back to back to my roots uh, <laughs> uh, Thanks everyone for tuning into the square Base Podcast. podcast uh, the home of the road to the old world and the future of Warhammer fantasy podcasts That's right. I'm putting a flag down again second flag of the day uh, So do check us out if you get the chance. Thanks to Val for being a superstar. Thanks to the chat uh, and everyone. I hope you had a good time